Hello and welcome to the Coffin Lounge. I'm your host, Vampire Kitten, and today I have with me Twig. Just Twig. How are you? <laughs> How are you doing? I'm wonderful. How are you? Great. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you do? What I do. So, professionally speaking, I am an electrician that does a lot of things. Um, and then uh, I moonlight as a aspiring DM for like the last 10 years, I guess okay. I've been DMing. And then I also currently, right now, I am in the midst of preparing to take our camp to Burning Man. So I am a theme camp organizer along with my partner uh, for, for Burning Man. When we had met, it was Burning Man 2019? Ooh. Uh, were you there in 2018? I might have been. I can't remember. I think it was 2018. So Burning Man 2018, you and I met. That was a crazy year because I think that was like the 75 person camp year with Lip Balm. Right. Uh, 2018 was like 50 and then 2019 was like 100. Oh, 100. Okay. I'm underestimating, yeah. I guess. 100 people camp. I think that's when we met. Um, I, feel, I feel like we hung out a lot that year. Had you gone to the burn before that year? I mean, obviously, probably, I'd say yes. But how long so, have you been going to Burning Man? I so my first burn was in 2013, um, and and then I had about a five year hiatus where I couldn't go. My my partner Noelle did a really cruel thing to me, where she took me, and I was a at the time I was a pretty square, normal looking individual, like. Just say it. It was kind of boring. Right. <laughs> and then she decides, she's like, okay, you you would like this thing. And I was like, sure. Hippies in the desert dancing. Yeah, you're super cute. I'll go with you and your friends to the desert and do that thing. <laughs> uh, and I, oh yeah, she, 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 she definitely shepherded me. Like she took care of everything. She made sure that I was prepared. Like I really had like the golden ticket as far as being sherpa to the playa uh and then i got there it changed my life in a lot of ways that i did not expect and then and then she was like okay well i'm going to nursing school and nursing school starts right before burn so there's no way i'm going to be able to go to burn while at nursing school so you could go but you have to go without me I was like, well, that's not going to happen. So I took like five years off and didn't come back till 2018. Like spent okay. a lot of August, like crying, watching Burning Man videos. I get FOMO too. Every single year I watch a rewatch every, every single year it's, oh, the places will go. And then I cry because that's my favorite, favorite Burning Man video. And then like, I, I live vicariously through, is it like 24 hours of Burning Man? Texas is his name, I think. Vicariously yeah, through that. Uh, Mark Day's video. He just put out or, the new oh, Mark one. Day. Mark Day. I, I don't know why I said. I don't know why I said text. Mark Day. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And then all of the Kickstarter projects. I I actually backed one this year because I was like, I need something from Burn this year. So I did yeah. that. Um, I can't remember what project it was. It was really cool though. Um, I'll have to I'll have to look it up. But I've been going since 2012. And I've been off and on maybe I've been seven or eight years. I can't even remember at this point. And from what I hear last year, did you go last year? Oh, yeah. Last year was 
particularly hard. Did you go to Renegade too? I did not go to Renegade because I'm up in the Great White North, so crossing the border was not really an option. Right. That's right. Okay. I had the opportunity to go, but I was going through some life stuff, and I just felt like it wasn't appropriate to go. But, um, okay. So now that we're out of COVID and we're going, what's your what's your grand plan? My grand plan to, to for going to the burn? Yeah. Um. <sighs> Continue on the Burning Man camp. But right now we're like deep, deep into prep mode. We've got like this weekend and one more weekend. And then since we all both work full time, we have some nights. But yeah, just prepping and herding all the little Burning Man kittens to make sure that they've got their tickets and the virgins are really actually prepared and all that stuff. So lots of like communications online and all that stuff. That's that's. That's what we're doing right now, but get down there and then set up, relax, and run a Burning Man nerd bar. Can you explain a little bit about, it's level up, right? Yeah. So there are a handful of Burning Man, like, I guess, geek camps. There's Captain Pump Raiders. There is, uh, oh gosh, what's the one I'm thinking of? Probably Nightcrawler. No, there's another one. Atomic uh wasteland or atomic family. They're they're kind of yeah. one. Um but there's not a lot. There's only like a couple. So what yeah. is gonna make yours what's your what's gonna set yours apart from like everybody? Or are you just trying to do something similar? Um, so no one of the things that uh Lip Bomb taught me while I was there was like running a bar at Burning Man is awesome. I don't even drink that much, personally speaking, but, like, running a bar at Burning Man is just a good time. You get to socialize with any everybody. You get to, like, you know, <laughs> parrot some of the principles, like a cultist. Um, and so we we have a couple of theme days specifically, but generally speaking, we're just a nerd bar. So, like, on my day, I do a and d theme day, and we have... The bar set up, I have a ma massive baseball size D20, and I will roll or have the, the player come up to the bar, roll the D20, and then based on the roll, I will DM you a drink. That's cool. And then we'll cool. have a conversation. That's amazing. That's pretty good. I have idea. another, during D&D &D day, I also do um, a incredibly judgmental character build with people that come. Okay. <laughs> So what I what I like to do uh, is I get a character sheet, um, and if I'll have them roll some d sixes for ability points, and then I'll ask them some like really personal questions. Usually I preface <laughs> like this is going to be very personal, like you know, what's your relationship with your mother like? You know, what do you, how do you make your money? Are you a corpo stooge? Are you a hippie? Like, are you adventurous in the bedroom? Like, really personal stuff, and then. <laughs> Based on my own personal biases and what I think that stuff means being, you know, me, I will decide what uh, race, class, and subclass you are. And then depending on how many years you've gone to burn, you'll get a level per year. And then I'll assign your ability points. Then I'll pass the sheet across and be like, you are a dragonborn paladin of, you know, of vengeance and you're level six. And this is, this is why, because you're, you're prickly you like to follow the rules and you're incredibly boring in the bedroom 
perfect. Are you planning on playing a game with these? Maybe have no. We just them? I just gift them to people and be That's like, really next fun. time, like next time you play D and D, you have to play this character, or I will find you. <laughs> That's actually really fun. If I got a gift like that, like somebody built a character for me based off of my probably terrible life skills, I would definitely play that character. Um. All right. So, are you doing like board game nights? Are you doing our? Well, okay. Actually, let's go back. Let's talk about lip balm a little bit because we. We did. Lip balm was my camp for. It was my only camp for. Gosh, how long did lip balm go on? Five years. No, I was only there for the last. Well, the in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen, I wasn't there for twenty twenty two. And basically, we were a post apocalyptic, like camp where it was all Tank Girl inspired, and it it's super cool. Um, how did you get? How did you find lip balm? Um, so after my long, my five-year hiatus, and I'm like, I'm going back to the playa, finally! Um, me and Noelle were just going to go on our own and go into open camping, and then I saw uh, one of the camp's ads for, hey, we're looking for campers, and did a little bit of research, and like, Tank Girl fits Noelle pretty close oh, yeah. to a tee. And I was like... Uh, there's nothing wrong about this. Like, I like the attitude. I like uh, like the vibe here. Let's go for it. So I messaged them and uh, talked to the leaders and did a very brief interview and then was like, sure, and dove headlong into it. I did a, a lot of electrical the first year. Um, yeah, you because did. There was, not, yeah, there was not a lot. There wasn't, not that there wasn't, like, love or, or like, there just wasn't anybody to do the electrical and the camp had a lot of electrical needs. Like, there was a, I think the first year there was a dozen RVs running on a generator in the desert the for like seven days. Massive. It's yeah. the biggest generator so, I think I've ever seen. Yeah, she's a noisy bugger, which is oh yeah, she is. <laughs> got a lot of heat. Got a lot of heat from other camps around us about that, but we we made some made some changes to 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 make that a little bit less noisy, and so that we could squeeze a little bit more juice out of the thing. Because the the following year when we had the this huge bomb factory stage burlesque slash bar with all the program DMX lighting and all that. It right. sucked a lot of juice. Yeah, yeah. it did. It was cool, we though. We had to keep the ring pops cold, so. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was probably the biggest thing I'd ever been part of at Burn. And I, I don't think, I don't think, like, a lot of people that haven't been before understand the amount of work that goes into it that year with the big stage and stuff i was out there for 14 days that's a long time with no running water like it's not an easy feat it's it's a really uh, it's a hardship but it's satisfying in that it's kind of disciplinary in a way you you push yourself to a limit and a boundary and you're like okay this is what i can handle and it's cool learning that stuff about yourself. But at the same time, it's hard work. Like, people think that it's just, like, this big party. They have no idea the amount of stuff that goes into it. Like, there's people out there right now just mapping out the city. They're mm. doing all of the infrastructure. The, the Golden Spike goes in, and that's in July? Um, I think Late it was the July? beginning of this month. Oh, I think I reposted their thing. Yeah, I think it was the beginning of August. They've, I know they're... I think they've got all of the like insane. It looks like it's like twenty five kilometers or something of moot fence or something insane. Mm -hmm. And and they're doing the streets. The temple crew is there. I just saw a post from the temple crew 
for some like size context. The temple came on the back, like full size tractor trailer trucks, flat decks, 12 flat deck trucks worth wow. of prefab sections of the temple. And I think that this year, this temple is going to be very popular because of some of the issues with last year's temple, but they have like a hundred volunteers coming down like uh, two weeks early to s assemble this thing. So like a, a, a decent sized construction site will be working in oh, possibly wow. the harshest climates that North America has to offer this, for like, well, you know, we're 20, going to a 25 days. Major heat wave too. That's yeah. It's going to be pushing 110 every day so i know i don't know what that translates to celsius but it's it's hot very hot <laughs> um hot. but you know stay cool stay hydrated people need to pace themselves it's a it's a marathon not a sprint you know mm -hmm. like if you're gonna drink be aware like listen to your body it is so important like i, I as you know, we go through this sort of podcast, I'm kind of trying to explain a little bit because a lot of people haven't either heard of Burning Man or have heard about it, but don't understand like what goes into it and the a, amount of hardships you do have to face being in the desert for that long period of time. Um, I grew up in the desert, so like I'm so used to that dry heat, being hot, monitoring myself, listening to my body. But a lot of people aren't like there was one year everybody was dropping like flies and I just started bringing with me like a ton of a ton of pickles and a ton of electrolytes and a ton of um, just like coconut waters and just handing them to people that were just obviously too messed up to continue. Like if you start arguing with your partner or you feel like angry and you're upset and you don't know why it's because you're not drinking enough water usually um so this temple temple of the heart this is massive right is this like a? It's, i'm excited so i'm looking at this i can't tell that's just the temple yeah this is this is just a temple and it's you can see the, the size i can't tell if this is like a bridge or not but it's massive and it's very cool this is one of the first things that struck me when I like so when I hit ply the first time in 2023 it was in the middle of the night and we were all exhausted and me and Noel pitched a tent and then uh went to sleep and me being like a trades guy I wake up like six o'clock on the dot every day sun hits the tent it starts getting warm at six o'clock I get out of the tent and I put on what I thought were party clothes so like some sort of pattern shorts and a t-shirt and probably a bucket hat <laughs> and uh, uh i'm gonna go to the bathroom i'm gonna go pee and i walk out to the road and this fluffy duck of a school bus rolls by like somebody had taken a full-size school duck peeled off the roof put a bar and a stage and like probably a stripper pole or something but covered it in uh, like what looked like, yeah, like fur <laughs> yellow, some variety, and it's rolling past nice and slow with the music blaring. And these people are like, it's like six o'clock in the morning, the sun is now coming up, and people are like just having the best time of their life. And I'm like, what? Oh, fuck. Like the idea <laughs> that somebody would even spend the money or the time to convert a bus to do that and then fill it with people that were going to party until the morning just like could not compute you, to you my like early 20s brain. 
Oh yeah. No, no they, that later. was the they they, that was home. the walk of shame home. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I I go like see this and I like I'm pretty sure I didn't go pee. I like totally forgot. Ran back to the tent. I'm like, Noel, Noel, get up, get up. And she's like a veteran burner. This is like right. I'm like get up. There's a rubber duck outside. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go away, go away. I'm so tired. Like, get up. There's a there's a bus and it's a duck. She's like. Oh my God, there's going to be so many more ducks. Just relax. <laughs> and she was not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just amazing. The, the scope of what people will do for this one week and how like, and also like these, these projects and the size of them and the effort that they're putting in, like subtly communicates the importance of this thing to people. Mm-hmm. And like being able to do this thing, because people get like, I don't know about you, but I get like, emotionally tied up in that city for sure it's like the only place i cry all year i have feelings i'm in my feels all week and i'm typically in my feels i'm a pretty emotional person but when i'm at burn or thinking about burn i just get knots in my stomach i think and i think what it is is it's burning man's changed my life like you had mentioned you were just some random dude before burning man changes you as a person like if you fully participate and you work and you immerse yourself in the city infrastructure, I think that you learn so much about not only yourself, but what you can do for the world as a whole and what kind of person you can be outwardly outside of the burn. The 10 principles are super duper important. Um, and I think that they're a really good baseline for like life as a whole because they've made me be a better person for sure like i just think that going to burn has made me a better person and made me want to like participate with other people in my local you know neighborhood and my local scene and just really create and make art and make people laugh and make people have some sort of feels you know it's i feel like it's important there's not a lot of that in the world especially these days with like everything going on like we've gone through so many once in a lifetime chaotic what feels like post-apocalyptic events in the last like 10 years that it's just like i can be this beacon in other people's lives and hopefully change them too and make them happier you know what i mean like that's kind of how i feel coming out of the burn i don't know if it's the same for you but so during covid we knew we weren't gonna go to the burn it got canceled i had my fifis about it i threw a tantrum in my jeep when i had to cancel the camp because we were ready to do the camp right the year covid hit i was just like just waiting to pull the pin to buy a bunch of stuff and all that and like take in camp dues and whatnot it wasn't gonna happen this just wasn't gonna happen we knew we were gonna have a huge gap in our schedule and nicely you know some some money so we're like we're gonna buy a house so we ended up buying this house that year and during burn week we're like well we have to, i like we got to do something and we had moved i think we had been in this house like 20 days uh and the first thing we how we got to know our neighbors was i took some scraps of wood that i had and some metal and made a two-foot man and then made a little metal pan i saw the pictures <laughs> yeah. it was so cute it actually made me so happy <laughs> so Krista phoned the fire department we're like you what are the rules and we were made sure we were compliant I had a hose I had fire extinguisher and then there was an online thing where people could drive by and see the man burn and we burned him and our neighbors are like very normal human being neighbors 
know, they're like, what are we getting ourselves into with these people that just moved <laughs> so in? Like, Earned a man in the driveway. And we're like, no, no, it's okay. We have a permit. We have a permit. Come, come. Let, let us tell you about our cult that we are currently having feelings about. Oh, what did they think? Thankfully, a lot of them took it really well. And they asked a lot of questions. There was, as with normal human beings, there was a little bit of judgment and like, that sounds weird and stuff. But were you guys in costumes? Cops. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> absolutely i was like you know like actually i'm wearing my galaxy tights right now but i was probably in these and like a fur jacket covered in lights having like a light tear <laughs> you know in my driveway burning this human figure this small gnome <laughs> so nobody called nobody called the cops thankfully nobody called the cops made a big show of like having a hose and like spraying the concrete so that you know we aren't gonna leave burn marks my brand new driveway so <laughs> it, it went over really well we made people some drinks at the bar and it, yeah they thought we were weird and that was the tip of the iceberg because now we have like now the burning man trailer in the driveway there's like an overstuffed wingback chair that i rescued from a, a dump that looks really good on ply it's like the quintessential wingback chair with like grandma's rose print on it and it's in the driveway right now <laughs> well you know at least you set the bar you set the yeah. standard for what they were going to expect <laughs> that set the tone for sure <laughs> for sure i hope they're are they you're like your friends or they just put up with you um i sometimes like uh we'll sit down and have a drink and like have a chat so i i i don't know i don't know if i call us friends <laughs> acquaintances we're definitely on positive hate. turns good yeah, we haven't we haven't discovered any karens out there um and, and we're yeah we're on speaking speaking terms if they have nice. a problem with like like hey can you turn down your intense edm music i'm like oh yeah it's nine o'clock your kids are going to bed yeah we should probably turn that down while we're working on the trailer Right. Stop using a grinder in the driveway after dark. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, now that we're talking about a little bit about things that we've brought, what what have you brought back from the playa to your real life? Obviously, your mini man burned during COVID, but what else have you done in like in real life with other people that are obviously not burners? Like, what have, what have they experienced with you? Oh, I mean. I like focusing on the 10 principles. Um, so I saw initially in my first year, some of them hit home like really hard. Cause I, I grew up in a family where there was one way to live a life and there was one way to do things. There was the right way and the wrong way. And you know, if it was the wrong way, it was like, Oh, well that's weird. That's a weird way of doing things. So radical inclusion hit home really hard. I tried a conscious effort to try not judge people right off the bat it's like so much of what goes on and and some of it is like our own like human instincts and some of it's like stuff that we've been socialized and taught and stuff but like trying not to judge somebody based on my first 10 seconds meeting them right like right. And, and trying to be open to yeah they might be living a life that's different than mine i have a really weird life so i really shouldn't judge but they might be living a life that's a little bit off the beaten path but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's like wrong or that i should look down on it anyway so that one hit home super hard um really like really like gifting i do <laughs> like, too not 
not not for Christmas. Like I, I actually don't like giving Christmas gifts or like birthday gifts and stuff. But when I find something that just speaks to me of someone, the joy that it, it's kind of a selfish thing, like getting that thing and giving it to them and telling them the story about that thing brings me so much joy. And I, I was not aware of that. Gifting for me was like, you go and you find your dad a new tool for the garage. You get your mom soap for because she's a woman and she takes baths. And I was like, this is this is stupid. But like out on the playa, people were like, yeah, you should, you should have this. Right. And I, In that moment, they've pretty... decided that you this belongs to you and that they want to give it to you. And that is such a cool thing. Like. Receiving gifts is awesome. I, yeah. speaking of gifts, I've just, I've started kind of like looping my candy, like raver gifts into like, but, but making them burner gifts. So I went to interviews this year, which is the first uh, regional that I've ever gone to. And I took a virgin with me. So it was a whole, it was a whole thing. I was a virgin Sherpa. And also this was my first regional. And I was terrified of ticks because Interfuse is covered in ticks. Also, Interfuse is spoiled as fuck. They have running water and showers. Spoiled. Our regional too. I had a shower every morning at our regional. I was like, it's, I didn't even know. know. How good you have it. I just like rinsed off in like at my tent. I didn't give a fuck. But like there were rivers running water. I was like, oh, cool. Well, I guess I'm just such a veteran burner that I don't need to take a shower today. But like, but I started making candy that has tools on it. So I made a bunch of candy that had tick twisters on it. And it says, fuck ticks. You know, obviously, because it's candy, like bracelets. Mm -hmm. For those who don't know what candy is, bracelets are pony bead bracelets. Like, Tell anyway. me you're a raver kid without <laughs> telling me you're a raver kid. Anyway, so I did fuck ticks and I made a bunch of tick twister candies. But I also am making this things called Utila candy. And so they have chapstick, a flashlight, a glow stick, and um something else on them i can't even remember uh it's like very jangly it, it is but i also put a clip on it so they can clip it on a backpack it doesn't have to be worn so it's like it's you so you're it's a like a raver kid but like an eagle scout too <laughs> yeah like, i like the party and be prepared absolutely so like but people need that shit when they're partying so i'm just like the amount of people that do not have flashlights when they go into the porta potties is mind blowing. So I carry my flashlights. They're they're cookies. They're like little tiny cookie. I'll have to show you. I I'll show you in a minute. No, I, but I they're like watch. cookie shaped and they're flashlights. They're like Oreo cookies. So I'm like, awesome. here, have a cookie, and they go into the porta potty. They're like, oh, this is a fucking flashlight. <laughs> so this makes this so much easier. Right? I haven't fallen in yet. <laughs> So I've just like every every time I see like glow sticks that are small or like tiny little flashlights and stuff, I constantly am buying them. And those are like my gifts to people, even even at non-burner events, like at raves or even at just like festivals or something. People need that stuff. So I'm like, here, this is my gift to you. <laughs> it's a tough time going to festivals now because of the 10. This is how the 10 principles have ruined me. Right. Because <laughs> like. At the at two o'clock at last call or whatever, when they're shutting down the stage and the crowd filters off the stage and there's just this ocean of like plastic solo cups. Oh yeah. Like right, oh, my skin crazy. gets to like crawl off my body. We have a couple events out this way that are like run off the back loading docks of uh breweries. 
And a lot of the event goers just know that they have a crew of 10 or 12 people that are going to go around with brooms and sweep them up into a pile and then throw all of this plastic away. And it drives me up the wall when I see Kevin or Chad or Karen. <laughs> reusable cup, right? Bring your own cup. Drink it and drop it on the ground. It drives oh. me I pick that shit bonkers. up. I, I pick it up in front of them to <laughs> that's how that's how shitty I am. If, uh, I'm gonna throw this away for you. It's fine, I got it. You know? <laughs> I'm that I'm girl. I, I know. I'm that girl at the party that picks up the trash. God. <laughs> um Beef no yeah. trace, baby. When I Beef when no I see trace. people smoking outside, I'm like, I have let me find you an ashtray. <laughs> let me find you an ashtray. It's terrible. I'm bad. Um but, I also, I another thing that I brought home with me from Burn is I will use this cup for everything. And this cup travels with me now, like everywhere. I don't even, it everywhere, Renaissance Fair, I will have my own cup. It's a little bit more themed, obviously, but like always have your own cup. Like that's even really camping trips. You got to, you got to. They're I so know, good. I know. Have you not been? Uh if not, so next year, I think next year, possibly the year afterwards, Krista and like me, like I don't have a sword. I I need a sword. I have to have a sword. Um, Absolutely. Really want to go to the one that's based in L.A. Krista's been researching it. Oh, she, like, that's the so-called pleasure fair. Hmm? That's the so-called pleasure fair. Yeah. It is probably yes. the naughtiest, raunchiest fair in the United States. I'll fit right in. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is family friendly, but it is also one of the more aggressively sexy fairs that I've been to. Um, I've been to its counterparts, um, the one in New York, super family friendly. Like they're, mm, it's not the one in Northern California is pretty sexy, but it's not pleasure fair. I mean, it's pleasure fair. <laughs> so <laughs> very good. I can good. do my best, like. Half elf, tw half elf twink bard thing. You wear a crop top and removal. some like little little speedos. You're gonna be fitting right in. I'm Boom. telling you. My, le my leather speedo. <laughs> oh, right, perfect. Excellent. Yeah. And then you got your sword on your back. Fit right in. With just an absurdly big sword. Oh yeah, it needs to be Final like anime. Style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a eight inches of steel, something that I physically couldn't pick up. Uh, I'll have to be on a phone, but perfect. Uh, I would love to do that. I like we have taken to going to really like niche festivals, like um, pre-COVID. Uh, Chris is a huge Harry Potter fan, um, and that community has been hit hard for a variety of different right. regions. You know, um, so it was a it, like, do we go? Do we not go? Like, don't really want to support the the, the turfness. But like the community, the Harry Potter, like Harry Potter nerds and wizards. It's full of everybody. Are... Yeah. And I wasn't quite aware. So are you familiar with LeakyCon? I, I am. I, I know okay, exactly. So yeah. Krista's, Krista's driving passion was like, she wanted to go to this thing. So we we're like, okay. And the one in Boston was pre-COVID. She's like, we're going. And me and Noelle were like, okay, sounds like fun. Let's go. So we go down there and... It's hilarious because LeakyCon is like the queerest thing I've been to outside a Pride event. 
just like has like trans flags and pride flags and like all like bisexual flags all over the place over the whole event. Have you been? And it to, was so much fun. Have you been a fur fur a furry convention? Have you been to a fur con? Uh, go not. just go at I've, least once. They're wild. <laughs> we have uh, so two things to that I have a friend that's a pretty big furry and she's like you you have to go like furriers party harder than any other subculture I know and I was like bitch please I'm a burner like she's like no you like this is a lot of introverts that get like finally find a group of people that accept them and they can get all their kid on and they party really hard I was like okay all right and then out here we have a, a theme camp called Dante's Inferno, which you're probably I've familiar been there. with. I they <laughs> were so sweet, but there was so much. Okay, there. <laughs> no. <laughs> How do ahead. I nicely put this for the podcast? I saw more dicks in Dante's Inferno than I had seen on the playa ever. <laughs> Those fursuits are hot on the playa, man. They wear, <laughs> like, they wear the paws, they wear the head, or ears, and a harness. That's uh, it. That's it. <laughs> it's like, it's hard life being a furry on the playa. It's like, <laughs> well, 110, 45, you know, whatever, you know. Well, and Dante's Inferno <laughs> yeah, is, like, it's air conditioned too. So... <laughs> I try, but it's just like fabric. But I know. they're from Vancouver, and they come to our regional. And they're like, when I talk to uh, the American members of our running camp and talked about this, they are, they are the coolest crew. They found a whole pack of them with their ears when they were away from Dante's Inferno. Found our bar two years running at our our regional, and they're like, oh my god, there's more nerds here. I'm like, of course, there's more nerds. And they were rolling dice, and we we're talking about D and D and all sorts of stuff, and and uh, and our so down here, Dante's Inferno crew has something they refer to as the kitty cannon. Now, Canadian furries, as I have I've learned, are hardcore. What is the kitty cannon? Okay, so it's like a it's two like shoulder mounted. They must be five foot long propane flamethrowers. <laughs> okay. They're, they're kitty, like they're uh, Hello Kitty themed, and it takes two people to operate one of them. One of them holds it like a like a World War II bazooka on their shoulder and works a crank that lets the propane out. Another one follows them with a propane tank on like a tube. Um, Amazing. Like, we have seen flamethrowers on the plot. We've seen big flamethrowers. Oh, yeah. Believe me when I tell you, these ones are like on the scale of, of Game of Thrones burning out an army kind of they're usually this year we didn't burn anything but the year before they were responsible for starting the effigy fire and they stood like 45 feet away <laughs> and roasted that thing like 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 a traitor to the realm just cooked that effigy like nobody's business they were terrifying there was i was sitting next to a uh, a, a now contractor for the Navy that does specifically like weapons training and he was losing his gut at how dangerous these things were. He was like, I've seen some dangerous shit. This is ridiculous. They're dripping, burning propane out of some of the oh valves as they get cold and stuff. And they're like, whoosh. Like, Canadian furries are not to be fucked with. <laughs> they are awesome. The more you know. The more you know. 
do not fuck with Canadian furries. And like, yeah, like you were saying, it's hot on ply, so they got to gear down. But I they don't are know how they do it. They are their tent, different breed. Tent is for always sure. Got good vibes. Always got good music, and they have like a like twenty by forty cuddle puddle in the back for yipping. Yiffing. 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 Yeah, Yiffing. it's okay. I mean, it's, I'm sure private, private code will puddle for Yiffing. Semi-private. It was, it was inclusive. Speaking sure. of which, since now we've segued into the kinks, kink side of things, let's talk about kink. <laughs> Look, we got to segue somehow. <laughs> Yeah, that was Found smooth it. like butter. I like that. <laughs> so my 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 kink career is long and so uh, long and hard. Long and hard. Sorry, you kind of uh, set yourself up for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I got into the kink scene in like the mid two thousands out here, um, and I was a young twenty year old cisgendered white male you you go and you buy a flogger and you buy a leather kilt and you you know do lots of spinning stuff and you get to flaunt your ego and stuff in public and it was kind of uh it all kind of happened at the same time when uh me and my now wife met our partner noel and she was kind of our segue because she's the crazy the crazy pants she is the tank girl the she is our manic pixie dream girl for sure uh, and and went into the scene and got deep into that. So for like like ten years, we were running parties and teaching classes and assisting in running parties and the, traveled a little bit to do teaching and and all of that stuff. So I've, I've tried and done a lot of things. I feel like I was the I was at, at the lip balm bar. I was the the kinky dude with the paddle at the end of the bar. Mm-hmm. The mm. Wheel of Misfortune. You did a number mm. of spankings that year. It was. It was a good time. Countless. I was very happy to see that. That was all part of the package. <laughs> My friends, they do this thing where they cattle prod you, they dunk your head in water, and then they make you shotgun a beer. And I'm just like, none of that sounds fun. But, like, people are into that. <laughs> Do you remember no. on the the wheel of misfortune there was lick a neighbor's or a lick a, a stranger's armpit? Yeah. Did anybody do that? Cuz you I really? I didn't see any of that. I was working the bar like and I was all, always all the way at the end so I wasn't even near the wheel half okay. the time. This I is, missed all of that fun. I feel like this is going away from King get back to Burn. But either way, it's, um you know they kind yeah, of you go here. For those yeah. that don't know you spin the wheel and it lands on a number and that number correlates to a chalkboard that kind of changes on the regular, but certain things were on there for sure. Like get spanked, take a shot, lick a stranger's armpit. This now, is all consensual, think, by the way. I would like to absolutely, that. Absolutely. You got a little, there was like some light, like hazing if you wouldn't do things, but it is consensual. Nobody's forced to do anything. You can always walk out the door. Right. Always an option. Um, and there was plenty of us around to try and gauge consent because, you know, groups, mob mentality, you don't want to push somebody also, into having a bad experience. Also, lots of drinking and, you know, you have to kind of keep an eye on yeah. all that stuff. Safety. Safety and, third. Yeah. I mean, first. 
it. So we spin the wheel. It lands. We had, I saw personally, at least a dozen people land on Lick a Stranger's Armpit. Not once did I see it turned down. No. This is like, this is at these night. These are some it's stinky ass hippies. In the dust, in the dirt. Five, six, seven. Most of them not wearing deodorant. Yeah. That's I mean, definitely some think... people's kink. Because yeah, there's no these were reason like... why you would do that. Was... <laughs> Unless it was like a super dare. Like, I dare you. <laughs> I dare myself. <laughs> Let's take it. It never got turned down. These were some normal, like, these were normal. There they were there some to party. in there for sure. <laughs> they were there like, to there was... party. They were there to party. There was some, you know, we call them sparkle ponies where they look really pretty and they're and all clean. put together and what is yeah, plain clean, quintessential, usually like a white lace bodysuit and some like silver temporary tattoos and some sort of like bedazzled goggles and high platform boots. Like your quintessential burning that stuff. Mm-hmm. And they would do it to some like the like you know. Big, long-haired, greasy, beard, dusty, kilted, like, his, punk boy across his, the street that actually set the city up. His hair has been sticking out for four days. You could braid it. Uh, totally t- will do it. Because <laughs> they are at Burning Man. And that's apparently this Challenge. is what you do at Burning Man. Yep. <laughs> we'll remember uh, it forever. So let's get back to the, the kink. What kind of workshops and stuff have you run? Um. So... I did a lot of uh, DS stuff because I, I very much enjoy uh, DS-based relationships. There is actually some <laughs> controversy around uh, what BDSM stands for. Right. Um, but for the most part, if you go with bondage, domination, uh, and then sadomasochism, that's what that stands for. Whereas like when somebody says DS, they usually mean dominant submissive relationships. Okay. And the... the broad strokes means that one person is in control and one person answers to that person and it's specifically designed to have a power imbalance power imbalance right um and so the like the psychological end of things and the very formal structure of relationships and that sort of thing for a long time really appealed to me so i did a lot of that and um and then we did a lot of classes on like adding poly to that or doing poly separate to that. And then I did a lot of um, uh, like interrogation style scene workshops and a lot of impact play stuff. I really like um, bloggers are good. My favorite probably go to is Canes. And do you still teach workshops? Not really. We um, our our kink scene here in Victoria got. Um, get it i think we got tired of a lot of the drama because with the ds dynamic and a lot of people uh engaging in that you get a lot of ego that gets fed so and i'll be very straightforward there's a lot of like cisgendered males that got treated like like master and started thinking that they were everybody's master and uh and all of these egos got tied up into it so there was a lot of drama so we like pulled away a little bit but now we have like a close kind of a close group knit of friends that are still in the scene uh and 
just play with them, generally speaking. Um, but we did teach DS stuff and a lot of poly stuff, because that's a big thing that we're known for in the community, mm -hmm. um, is that we might be one of the longest running triads on the island, for sure. I was say in the area. <laughs> in the area, in the local area. I, I don't know how far, but I don't know any other ones uh, that have are still going. So are you planning on teaching any workshops at your camp? Mm, no, just lessons. You know, been a bad, bad burner. No, no formal lessons per se. I really enjoy running the bar this year. Um, me and Noel have kind of like given a lot of the days off to our virgins and our campers. So we get a few more days off. So I'm possibly hoping to go out onto the ply and take a few lessons. That's last cool. year, uh, last year we got one day off. So we went, we actually went to Nightcrawler camp, did some drinking and did the ply RPG. We didn't get very far, but it was a lot of fun. So, uh, but we, there is a very light plan in the making that sometime in the future we might have a nerd village. Um, I feel like that's necessary. It's a lot of nerd in one spot. There, yeah, but that's awesome. And Can you imagine you all getting together so and playing social like social anxiety? Oh yeah, that's true. That is also true. But that's okay, nice. you know I... what? Nerds that drink. Oh my gosh, they they want to party. Let me tell you, I've been to a number of CESs and E3s, and these people never go out. When they go out, they go out hard. And I'm like, you guys are, that's too intense for me. Like, you guys have your one night. I need to pace myself. I got work in the morning. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a snowball effect. I feel like once you've got the extrovert and you're like, get those first couple of snowball rolls past mm -hmm. the social anxiety and you're They're a little fine. socially lubricated. It's just like, and then by the end of it, it's like tearing itself apart. It's so big. Right. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, but um, it, it would be cool to have a nerd village. Like, honestly, um, I think that it is kind of at this point, I feel like a lot of people play even just board games, you know, and I think, I think the like there was that like kind of hipster renaissance of board games where people were collect like still there's tons of people that are like I'm downsizing my board game collection but they have like hundreds of different these like very niche genre board games and that come out all the time and and I think that segued into the renaissance of of D and D and like Pathfinder because all those kids that like I don't know what it was like for you but like when I was 12, 13, I played D&D &D with, like, my buddy's dad because he had known how to play. But we didn't have any money. Like, just getting a set of dice was, like, I had to go to the comic book shop and then they may or may not have them. And now, was, like, nerds like myself... Monopoly kid. <laughs> nerds like myself have, like, adult incomes. I have disposable mm -hmm. income. So, like... Like... I have a whole wall of of miniatures. I have a couple of hundred miniatures. I have like paints. I have all my fake terrain and like boards and stuff and all over the place. For a while there, I had a set of semi precious stone ice. <laughs> no reason. Just but they I were mean, awesome. they're awesome. But I think it's yeah, and I think it's exploded. I think uh, oh, definitely sort of reconnection of and the like the social aspect of like board games and playing our tabletop rpgs and stuff has like 
I think that's the most important part is the communication because like while you can play these things online I think getting together at like your local bar or even your friend's house or whatever is a piece of society that we're kind of missing Mm. everybody's kind of gone indoors since COVID and even then they weren't really socializing that much and now people are like craving that socialization so I think that there has been kind of like a resurgence, but but also like during COVID, all we had was board games and we evolved in that we could play D&D through webcams now. I mean, you DM through a webcam, right? So I was running at the height of COVID. I was running three, three weekly games. Wow. That's a lot. Over, And lot. they were all different content or the same content? They're all 5e because I'm specialized in high, uh, 5e. I've only recently started like getting out of 5e and trying other things, but they were all 5e. Um, and there was there was the Burning Man crew uh, that wanted to play D&D, and most of them had never played D&D, so I ran a game for them. And then there was That's my cute. weekly Sunday game that had been running for four years that then migrated online. Uh, and then I ran an, a corporate office game, too, for people inside my giant corporation, that wanted to play D and D. That were all like electricians or adjacent adjacent That's staff. Cool. So you had mentioned that you were in a triad. Uh, a lot of people call that a thruple nowadays. Is it? What, what do you? What do you consider? Is the I'm right? Not sure that. I'm, I'm not super up on the poly. I'm a bad poly person. I'm not up on the um. On You're the just living your life. I'm just I'm busy doing it um this for me it's the same thing i'm not sure if there is an actual technical difference there is three of us in a relationship we are all equal partners in the relationship we all date each other we own a house together we have a dog the dog was the ceiling deal we can't it's like that's your baby you can't break up now yeah right. for a baby it just can't um we travel together we party together like um do so you said you were the longest running i'm aware of i'm not going to claim i'm not going to put the crown on myself just all been together that's hard (laughs) we're closing on definitely past the first decade we're probably closing on 15 years it's like it's kind of it's cute it's hard to put a time stamp on it Uh, we know that we officially set our thruple or or, or triad. triad date as as april fools Cute. so we celebrate every year on april fools um but it's hard to put a date it's probably it's at how, least 12 years so how did you get into that like how did you just decide oh we are just we need a third oh, that accidentally actually it's no else fault really so for context <laughs> um, i am legally married to krista and we initially started dating um, like back in our early 20s in a very small town in the Rockies. Uh, and then later on when we moved here, I met Noelle on a construction site and she kind of, without us being realizing, kind of like worked her way into our relationship. And it was she a very, said, oh, I'm going to be part of this. <laughs> uh, she Later on, she admitted, she's like, yeah, I'm way more into couples than I am like single people. And we're like, well, you manipulate us? <laughs> You just gaslight us into a positive relationship? What the fuck? <laughs> um, she 
there was a very distinct point where Noelle, technically, when we started hanging out and going to kink events together, she was technically in a relationship with somebody else. Uh, and then she had a very big, it was kind of an open, um, negotiated open type situation. Um, and sh she had a, a pretty tough breakup. Um, and she decided that she was going to go away. She was going to take some time off. And then there was a point where she's like, hey, I'm going to go live with my mom rent free and I'm going to work at this this job as a carpenter and I'm going to bank as much money as possible so I can come back and do nursing school. That's what I want to do. And we're like, okay, okay, that sounds good. Uh, and then we went, we drove her to the airport in my little like mini truck. Um, and there was a point where we dropped her off at the airport and we're driving away. And this was it burned into my memory that like Krista was crying and I was like tearing up and we we're both having like feels didn't really understand what it was and i was like i i turned and looked at krista and i was like are we dating noelle she's like what we can't we can't date another person we can't do that and she's but like crying did. in the pastures yeah and i was like i was thinking, i was like i'm pretty sure we already are and right. then that kind of started the conversation and then okay. like i do i hyper focus on things right. and went deep into the learning and now you guys just are so healthy and positive. Okay, positive. <laughs> Absolutely. That's 100% true. Um, uh, I think we are. I, I'm, I'm I mean, very, 15 I'm years stands for something. Uh, we've outlived a lot of marriages that we know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And COVID was but, hard for everybody because it was just yeah, like... We saw it. I think everybody split up during COVID. They either got well, super strong and super tight, or they were just like divorce. Well, instantly, you know, the situation where like most people were working from home or weren't unemployed, and there was nowhere to go and there was nothing to do other than like walk the dog and hike. Mm -hmm. So you were forced into a 24 7 social relationship with the partner that you had chosen pre COVID, whatever that situation was. So, like, it's hard get two human beings to want to cohabitate 24 7 and spend 24 hours a day with each other with little to no break that's a that's a that's a really high bar to clear just to begin with right let alone like add kids dog mortgage life stress the the downfall of western society yeah right. all of that stuff on top of it having a, to fight for a, toilet paper tough. having to shiv a guy at walmart for toilet paper is fuck would you do that for this partner you just happen to start covid with it's a high bar to clear yeah that's hard it's rough like nobody nobody expected that they were gonna have to do that i think no and then i i think that covid i always say that covid is the best and the worst thing to happen to society because everybody sort of realigned their goals and figured out mm. exactly what they wanted in their lives which is super important like but the fact that you guys Thanks. made it through that Phenomenal, important. Well, not toot our own flag. Well, fuck it, I'll toot our own flag. Fuck it, ring that bell. We did quite well. A lot of people around us didn't do quite well. We did quite well. We got. We you, came out with like a dog and a house, and we're financially stable. And that's. Do you think it's because you had a third? Like you, it wasn't just the two of you. It was like, hey, we have also this other person that we do care about, and it, there was a little bit of a different dynamic in socialization. When this was all happening so you could go well i'm fucking tired of you let me go spend time with this person <laughs> you know think, what i mean <laughs> like it, in the nicest that, way possible 
like early on in our relationship, it, when as soon as you add another person, a whole another set of feelings, values, and like life to a relationship, it forces you to do a lot of communicating. Like there's so many poly gurus. Like communication is key. It's not untrue. It is very true. You have to be able to like talk to you communicate. Partners. You have to know yourself and be able to communicate that effectively, and then be willing to be wrong a lot and. I think that was a good tool to have going into COVID. It's like being able to say to your partner, like you are, you know, you're not doing anything wrong, but you are irritating the living fuck out of me right now. Mm -hmm. I need to get a break from you. And <laughs> they know that it's not that you don't love them. You just, you're irritated. You need to go have a sandwich. You need to go for a walk. You Drink know. some water. <laughs> Drink some water. Drink some water. Drink some water. <laughs> Um, so I know we keep going back to Burn. When I met you, you were just with Noelle. Oh, I was with Krista at the time. Were you with Krista? As well, no, 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 no. I mean, like, on the playa. Was Krista on the playa? I don't Oh, yes. Physically, yes. Um, no, Krista's never gone to Burning Man. That's she what I was wondering. Will. I was going to say, wouldn't it help that it you are Burners and that there's a lot more openness with in the Burner community to sort of, like, survive hardships? I, yeah, there's definitely some tools. The only fights that me and Noel have are like out on the playa. There's historically there was two days. It was like Wednesday. You know, we had been building and then we partied for like four days and but we had a fight water? about like. I think we might have been dehydrated. Yes, <laughs> we, I was definitely hadn't eaten. And we had a fight over like nothing, and then we took ten minutes apart. And I was like, I don't know what we're fighting about. Why are we fighting? We need to take a break. Mm -hmm. maybe this should be our down day we'll just take a nice 24 hour break reset we've gone too hard for for too long we've done too many things <laughs> now it doesn't happen because we are a little bit more cognizant of those telltale signs but yeah i think there's probably some burner tools that helped i think it's sure. important too because you just learn so much about yourself and your partner on the playa and that's why i was wondering if you said uh I was wondering if all three of you had gone before. Are you? No, so you said you're no. not planning to do all three of you. So there was a time that uh, me and Noel were trying to convince Krista to go to Burning Man, and that was part of our plan. Was like we'll do some of your hardcore nerd shit, and then you'll come and have to be invested in our thing. And so we went. We did a lot of it. We went to LeakyCon, and then we went with her to New York to the Cursed Child. Right. Uh, and did these things and it was like you should come to burning man and then there was covid and we kind of came to we did that last year at burn that was really really hard it was super dusty the weather was really tough and it was like there were so we, many virgins last year too and they just did no, not was, ha they were not prepared at all it was it was yeah it was a rough year and we came me and noel came to the realization that i wouldn't want to coerce somebody into going to this thing if it was going to be that bad Right. If the sweet needs to be equally as sweet to the sour, otherwise she would just live in a trailer and want to go home the whole time. And I don't, I wouldn't want to put somebody in that situation. So we decided if you want to go, we will support you and Take help you regionals. do that. But she comes to regionals every year. She oh, loves perfect. our regional. Okay. Yeah, she loves it. That's fine. You know, she's still a burner. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Speaking oh, yeah. Of, speaking of regionals, I got to, I got to tell you, I, I had not been to oh, a regional yeah. before interviews. And yeah. most of the people at interviews had never been to Big Burn. 
it's so much more accessible. And it's wild to me that they all practice the principles. Like they knew what was up. I was talking to like people who had been burners for big burn for veterans for years. And they're like, I've never been. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Like you guys are burners, you know? So like just going to regionals does not invalidate you as a burner. It's a lifestyle choice. You know what I mean? And I think that people maybe don't understand that Big Burn's not the end-all be-all. There are tiny little groups. Like, I work with Boneyard. You know, Boneyard's this, like, little plot of land in in the Arizona desert that a bunch of friends are just hippie communing on. And they throw parties with every once in a while. Like, that is a burner society in itself. It's a community, you know? And it's just a community of people that actually genuinely give a shit about each other, like, at the end of the day. For the most part. I mean, there's always the little fuck your burn guys, but like whatever. <laughs> it's the, the the bar to getting out to the playa is so high because it's you know it's thousands of dollars. It's a you know a lot of work. You know, it'd be two weeks out of your schedule. That's two weeks you're not working. There's mm-hmm. and just like keeping yourself alive and like giving people like <laughs> yeah. the bar is really high. Is is so regionals are so much more practical. Like. They were still, they were still a lot for being a regional. Like you're camping for four days. It's still camping. It's still taking care of yourself and not dying out in the woods. And then it depends no. on the regional. It could be super cold. It could be super hot. It could be full of ticks. <laughs> we were, our, ours rains a lot. So we've oh. didn't do a good, a good job modifying the bar this year for rain. But like the first year it was in like a little pop-up tent and it turned into like a muddy goblin bar. <laughs> like it was just a mud pit with a bar next to it and our benches got covered in mud and all sorts of stuff. It was quite the thing. I also feel like I don't know what your regional is like, but it rained a little people people party really hard at regionals because it's over a weekend. So they cram all of their fun into like two, three, four days. So they're having a lot of fun the whole time. Mm-hmm. Whereas burn. You space like, it out and you take a break. You space it out. Like during the day, I let my body recover. Like I've been like, you could dance for 12 hours until the sun comes up. So it's just like the physical wear and tearing a body is a lot. So, you, so I take a break during the day. Just rehydrate, maybe have a beer here and there, but like for the for the most part, like sober and healing during the day, and then you go out and do whatever you're gonna do at night. I feel like I I, I party less hard at burn because the environment is so tough. Yeah, I I can agree with that. Yeah. Definitely. I, I maybe I have maybe one night at burn where I'm like, let's go, and then other the rest of the time I'm like just want to chill I just want to be here and, and absorb everything that's going on around me um there goes like to take wednesday off yeah wednesday's a good day for that and i actually like to just, party on friday i don't really like to party on saturday there's too many chads out there and i'm just like i get over it like stimulated by all of the fucking weekenders. last year was particularly tough there was yeah. it, you could see them the for those that don't weekenders. know weekenders weekenders are people that buy a full like you can only buy one ticket to burning man which right. lets you in on sunday afternoon and then it's over when it's over monday morning weekenders people buy that full price pass and then come friday saturday sunday for the, the main events and generally speaking they don't get the culture they're just there to do burning man and look super awesome and party really hard with their friends they're usually really drunk 
They're usually really coked up. They're usually They're very really aggressive. Rude. Really, they can. This is all stereotypes and painting with one brush. Mm -hmm. But they leave a lot of garbage around. We saw a huge escalation in the garbage just in the road in front of our camp on Friday night. When the we got up Saturday map morning. Was bad last year. And for those who don't Gosh. understand, moop means the matter out of place. It's the trash that people have to pick up for months afterwards. To make Still, sure we can go like back every year. They're meticulous. So each camp, like, so myself, theme camp organizers, we get a plot of land, do a bunch of applying, and when we get there, they give us a plot of land. Ours is by, like, 100 by 150 feet deep. And we are responsible to make sure there is nothing there that was there, before, like, that wasn't there before we got there. So right. even chips of wood, glitter, fake feathers are a big no-no like we pick absolutely everything up like when we rake that it looks like a little meditation garden when we're done we've raked it so thoroughly mm -hmm. uh, and then we get uh, after that the organization goes in with a huge crew and i don't even know how many square kilometers it i think is. It's, it's like, like aren't huge. they like elbow to elbow and they just walk in a line they do the entire plot of land a couple of times again to make sure nothing's there because otherwise the bureau of public land management won't let us come back and this is miles across it's not it's not a small plot of land you're looking at seventy-five thousand people usually yearly and it's i know that if you do from one end to one end it's at least two miles it might be more than that well yeah there's there's a couple of scale maps that are i want to say from corner to corner it might be five miles okay i was thinking city width it's 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 a long it's way. massive but it, that's a lot of manpower that it takes to clean up and so the weekenders usually come and last year everybody so i think what happened was everybody was on tiktok and people were posting on tiktok and they were like burning oh, man's so great TikTok. i know burning man's so great look at all these things that i've done look at all of this cool stuff and cool art and you know so tiktok gets things out there a little bit more than there was and there was nothing else going on and everybody's like oh i want to go to burning man after after covid like that's my goal so then everybody went and it was a bunch of earners or virgins and a lot of people couldn't even get tickets last year because it was just so many people trying to go and it was probably one of the worst years in history as far as weather is concerned whiteouts every day heat people just couldn't hang with it that weren't used to it so i know a lot of people aren't going back this year that being said Tickets this year, there's so many. There, there are a lot changing hands. Like historically, there's always the last two weeks. There's a lot of tickets that change hands because, like, but this is everybody. Break legs, arms, have kids, you know, drop out because of finances and stuff. And it's there's a lot of them right now. Also, there was the the org reorganized how they were giving out tickets. Like we we're a small camp. Like we said we were going to be 15 people, and we got. With like 30 allocated? six tickets oh six we, we got six tickets and six vehicle passes we were in good standings we got almost half our tickets that's nice so Direct some, for... I, I also heard that they were cutting uh really cracking down on plug and plays this year which is fucking good for those that don't know plug and plays are camps that sell all-inclusive tickets for you to come and have dinner and be in an rv and be taken care of the entire time like it's super frowned upon you're supposed to work you're supposed to participate and that is the opposite of working and participating it's usually people with lots of money celebrities rich people you know but 
the fact that Burning Man uh, org is like really cracking down on that is actually a sign of the time. Like they finally have been listening that this has been going on. And then I think hauling tr uh, the truck thing really was like the nail in the coffin because you can't have trucking services haul in your shit anymore. You have to bring it yourself. Oh, it's there's the, a huge part of the culture and what makes that city so special and why people get so emotionally tied up in that city is the fact that we all build it. It's hard. Everybody's in, like, it's, it's these things that make it magical are like, you, you have to plan. Like, this is not, you don't see a lot of really, it's one of my favorite things because you don't see a lot of like tweens partying out there in the desert because it's a high bar to clear. So you have to think about how you're going to get there. You have to source tickets, which is probably one of the harder things to do. Mm -hmm. Right. You got to plan all your equipment, like how you, how you getting a water. Me and Noel took 500 pounds worth of water out last year. And that was just for me and her. Right. That's a, that's a lot. Like, Did I, you end up coming home with any? No. There was drank, one year. Drank, was one drank year or gave it away. With two people. And we ran out of water within the first four days because it was a hotter year. Well, no, no, no. It's fine because I was buying ice every day. I was buying two bags of ice every day and throwing it in the cooler. So I was making water. It's That's not the good. best, but as long as we kept our hands out of it, it was pot of, like good enough to drink. And that's what we were doing. So like there are options. At least you can buy ice. Um, I think it's I think it's also important to mention that the crime in Black Rock City is while it's less than a lot of crime that happens in a major city, crime still happens. Like there are sexual assault cases. There are you still have to protect yourself. Like you still have to make sure that you are looking out for you in a situation like that. And that's why the law enforcement is there. You know, obviously don't openly being being be stupid about shit, but like. The law enforcement is there to help protect you in a situation like that. So if something like ha that happens to you on the playa, go directly to a ranger who can direct you to law enforcement. So Rangers, for those that don't know, are a bunch of burners that are experienced. You have to do three years as a burner, and then you have to go through a bunch of courses that include, like... Uh, interaction between citizens of Black Rock City and, and law enforcement, first aid, you know, conflict resolution, all that sort of stuff. And they, they are specifically there to be the buffer that can deal with some problems. And then if needs be, be the, the, the go-between between citizens of Black Rock City and law enforcement so that your rights are protected. Right. And that everything hopefully everything comes to a positive resolution that's that's what they are and then you'll see them wanting that walking around the desert and a lot of khaki always have yeah. big hats they have walkie talkies they will all have fully taken care of themselves <laughs> yeah backpacks with like little bears like stuffed bears hanging off them, and they deal with some heavy stuff heavy stuff i i i was there with a couple of rangers had to talk a couple of people out of porta potties i had to pick somebody up off the ground in front of our camp one time who was so dehydrated and you knew you knew he was partying for like three days so i was like he is he's been just drinking there was no water in his system like and then i saw a ranger come up and just put a whole mouthful of salt in his mouth just eat this 
Yeah, like just to try to, so they, just to get them to a medic booth or whatever, just, you know, it's crazy. Like Rangers have, they, they have a lot of work to do and I thought about doing it, but it's terrifying that somebody's life would be in my hands. You know what I mean? Like, I know that's a, like, I, I don't know that I could make, I could be responsible for something like that because I think I would be, I, I would never live it down if something happened to somebody. You know, in well, okay. So in our camp, we have on the regular we have medical professionals, right? So, right, we have. So like, I am um, not. So like that scares the shit out of me. <laughs> you usually offload that stuff to them. They don't mm -hmm. generally like working, but like, um, so this year we will have two nurses. We have an ER nurse, a, a like a managerial nurse, and then we have a, a full doctor. I don't think he's a GP. I forget what his specialty is, but um, last year though, very similar situation. We had somebody ride up on a bike, just the cutest little sparkle pony. He was just the tiniest little twink boy with like a rubber feather shoulder pads, the tiniest little sparkle thong on, on a bike. And he was headed from into the center of the city, no water bottle in sight. And it's the height of the day where it's like just, just cooking you hot. When you see them they and they just like go like this on their bike. That's like the worst. Is that where? Oh, it, yeah. Oh, they do the uh, little way and then boop. And it's like, uh, oh, fuck. mountain bikers will call it the egg beater when they're working. They like overcorrect too much on the, and they're like, da, 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 across mm -hmm. the fly. So he came into our camp and was like, I'm just, just getting some shade. And the nurses clocked him right off the bat and was like, you need water. Went and got water, went and got some salt, like hat here, sit down, have this. Um, and he's like, yeah, we packed as much water into him. And he's like, sitting there in our camp and the nurses are doing nurse nurse thing midday we're like one of them looks at me and it was like we should probably go get a ranger like this is this yeah. is something i see coming to the er and we're like before i could do that and he's like no it's fine i just need to do another bump of ketamine and then i can make it all the way across oh the city to the other side of the Ooh. city i'm like and the nurse is like, no, 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 none of that, please. No, no, don't do that. That is not what you need. What you need is more water and some pickles. Let's have some pickles. And pickles are no safe. Drugs. They're good. They're so friendly. They're green. It's just going to make your body think you can, because he was going the long way. We were on the three o'clock side. So he was going to go all the way across open playa oh, to like guy. the 10 o'clock side. Thankfully, he he drank Stop a lot of water you. and then it was like i'm gonna go and up the street from us through was going past first aid and the rangers and he we wobbled towards the ranger and then you could see the like quintessential tattooed punk long beard utilical ranger stopped came out from him. the road and was like stopped him we're like okay you're you're good now. good yeah i love i love but, the rangers there's such a really great mix of people like honestly yeah. <laughs> I've got a, a good touchy-feely story for you. Mm -hmm. So every year at Burn, it's a big emotional thing. I did not grow up in a household that was, it, it was like men don't share their feelings. That's everywhere. We don't cry. That's everywhere. So this is, yeah, Roman Catholic, like, men don't share their feelings. So when I got to Playa and invested in this culture, it's like the only place I cried, not because it's definitely a safe place, but just feeling other people's emotions. Uh, mm -hmm. In 2019, 
I didn't cry at the temple. Usually I cry at the temple, just sitting there and feeling everybody's dealing with their stuff wash over me. And I like have a good boo and it's the best, super cathodic. And then I go off and go partying some more. That year I didn't. And there was a lot of drama in that, that year's burn. It was problematic. And I like, I was like, why do we even do this? Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Why, why is this? Why do we put this effort in? This is, there's so much that I don't want to do here anymore. We were leaving Temple, Temple, and Noel's like, "Hey, do you want to get a drink before we go back to camp? Before we go back and deal with whatever is happening?" I said, "Sure, let's go." We rode into the city and we got to Ranger Outpost Tokyo, which, for those that don't know, is on like the ten o'clock side. Uh, and this is a Ranger Outpost. There's three of them amongst the city. They're in. It's Tokyo. Shanghai and I feel like Godzilla is one of them. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna look up. Hold on. Shanghai, Tokyo. You can you can Google it. Um, so we we roll in and Tokyo. I think is the only ranger outpost that runs a bar, and they do it for their own fun. Because rangers, like when people are out there, they people have full on existential crisis, like. It's a very common story for people to go out there and realize that they're gay and they're in a straight relationship with kids and they don't know how they're going to go home and tell their partner that they've realized they're gay. Like, that's a very... It's really it's a, an eye-opening life lesson learning place. You sound like cultists. You sound like nutballs sure. in a yeah, cult. But I mean, like we this. do, but at the same time, like, imagine... I can't imagine realizing something like that about myself like just in the Pretty middle tough. of nowhere yeah like that with all of that baggage or not you know uh, well in this crazy party setting. right okay yes. sorry. so sorry. rangers will deal with will help people through these experiences sending them to zendo or first aid or whatever and they're they deal with this which some of that sticks to you so it can be a very heavy night it's like you know being a paramedic or or like just this dealing with this stuff so we get to this bar. Early morning, the sun's coming up. We're gonna, you know, have have this drink, relax, and then go back to camp. And we get to this bar, and there is whiskey breakfast going on. Oh, it's consisted well. of two rangers, these big burly dudes. One of them is covered in like like if you described this guy many times today, but like shaved head, uh, a goatee insane clown posse tattoos oh perfect and he's wearing <laughs> he's wearing like a maxi dress around his waist so there's like that was it floral please tell me it was floral print i think it was like hot pink or purple or something perfect. but it's, they're great in the sun just for those that don't know yeah. um <laughs> and and they are blaring the hair metal like uh, like <laughs> Def Leppard, like ACDC, Led Zeppelin, like all, all the classics really loud. And this is like six in the morning. So people are still trying to sleep and they're just cranking the tunes and like, fuck That's you, get over here, have some whiskey for breakfast. Fuck you, this, that, come on, let's go. Woo! And they are partying because they have had a really hard night and they want to blow off some steam and he's going to get a good solid buzz on and then he's going to go to bed. So he can do it do. all again tomorrow. <laughs> so he can do it all again tomorrow. And his, him and his partner and some of the other rangers like kind of annoyed because he's now annoying their neighbors and stuff, which <laughs> you were allowed to do at Blackrock. Right. At a point. 
and this huge, scary looking, like if he was the Hell's Angels, I, I, I would not be surprised. Like a proper biker is there. And he, we connect with him. We're just like, yeah, you know, there's just having a tough time. And he's like, oh, you guys seem great. And he's like, <laughs> and he at one point, because uh, I go by Twig on the playa, uh, I made a light criticism of my drink that he poured me because it was very heavy on whiskey. And it's like, early in the morning, late at night, depending on which no. you And I was like, shut the fuck up, little stick. <laughs> and he's like, I'll never forget that. And then at one point he decided that we were friends. And he's like, let me tell you a story. And he points, this huge looking dude, ominous looking dude, points over to an effigy on their radio tower to another mm -hmm. ranger that had died that year. This full like the picture of her was like a well, stereotype somebody again like she was she looked like out on the ply like a proper leather dyke like a right. black leather dyke like very opposite like in those two in the normal society these two would have not socialized very much or very not unlikely yeah very unlikely um two different bars it can't happen to Two, two yeah, bars. just two different, two different bars. Leather Dyke Bar, Insane Clown Posse, Hell's Angels Bar. Two different bars. Two different bars. <laughs> they had. He was. He's like, this is my friend. I rangered with her for like years. I think it was like six or seven years. This is my best friend. She lost a battle to cancer. Oh wow. And I'm gonna get teared up just. I know. I'm this. like. I'm. You're getting me teared up. <laughs> He's like, I came out every year. We'd spend a month together. This is my best friend. And he starts crying. This, this, this big dude, yeah, like, scary-looking, scary masculine guy is breaking down at the bar, sharing the story about how they were best friends. And I was like, in that moment, I was like, that's why I love this place. Mm -hmm. Those two would have probably never met. No. And in this place. They came together. Whatever became... this thing, they came. They came together, and they became like good. Like most people don't have friends that have lasted like six years. Let alone will willing to live in the desert with them, deal with some very serious human emotions in the desert, but come from two totally different worlds. And they right. were like best friends. Like that's why this place is special to me. That just that stuff alone really makes me go, okay, this is why I do all of this hard shit, and I force myself to do all of this hard shit because i see stuff like that and i'm just like this is a real human place like this is a place where we can all connect on a level that we don't get to connect on in the daily life like daily life society has so many boundaries and so many different things that we're unable to do from like a connection standpoint just as humans um so when there's you can actually just have like a real conversation with somebody who you would never talk to like ever it makes it all worth it 100 percent. so it's wild uh, I, that's that's where the like the beginnings of making our own camp i was like well if that's important to me how do i facilitate that i'm like running a bar at burning man connecting on some sort of level what kind of level do we want to connect on like there's not enough nerds on pile let's do nerd stuff because like for the rest of the year i spend like two or three days a week playing D and I'm like yeah let's i want to meet more nerds that are also burners on the playa and it just kind of took off from there now we, we on our street we became 
because of our nature and 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 all of that, we became a bit of a queer hub on our block, which made me really happy. Were so there was the a lot of like, we were not. We were on the opposite side of the city. Like okay. up the street, there was a bar where if you, we'll give you a drink if you throw your bra over the frames of our bar, and down here there was just a proper like rip, you know, bro raver camp and stuff, and we became this like. It was pretty obvious. A lot of rainbows oasis. all over camp. A lot of, yeah, a little queer oasis. So we had mm-hmm. like the non-binary folk and the queer folk coming and hanging out at our bar because a lot a nerd and nerd and queer those Venn diagrams they they overlap. they overlap a lot. That made me yeah, that made us super happy. Well, so. I hate to cut us off because this is such a great conversation. We've been going forever. Um, mm-hmm. Where can people find you and your camp online? Oh, it's, it's we don't actually have a presence online, believe it or not. But you can find me on Instagram or Facebook. I'm Michael Twig on Facebook. I use my full my full name, and oh, wow. I am scary. The dot stinky dot wizard on Instagram. All right, we are Camp level, level up. up bar. Are you still looking for members? Not right now. We've closed membership for this year, but just because we've let like what five minutes left before I'll... burn. Yeah, we're <laughs> in the eleventh hour for sure. So setting right. anybody else in the camp would be problematic. But next year, and the next year, want to be a nerd on the ply? We are that camp for sure. We can have a conversation. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming by the Coffin Lounge today. I appreciate you talking to me about one of my passions. And I'm so glad that so many more people <laughs> are passionate about the burn. Um, and, uh, you know, you're welcome to come back by and talk about your experience when you come back from the playa this year. We'll do it again next year, right before nice. burn. Nice. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much for coming by the Coffin Lounge. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on Spotify and uh, iTunes as well as YouTube. Thank you all for joining us today. Have a great one. Bye.